Well, kitties, man. Fucking kitties. kitties I love them. I love them, dude. I love to hate them, and I love to love them. Shout out to all, shout out to all the kitties and kitty lovers in the world, and shout out to our kitties, yeah, Sophie man. and Forrest and Tito. Absolutely. <laughs> We got uh we got just us today, episode ninety six. Episode ninety six of Gearbuds you know what? We're, podcast. We're getting really close to this hundredth episode, my friend. Three digits, bro. Anyways, we're not there yet. We're almost there. We're not we're there at yet, but I, I wish I could say something that like we had something in store for episode one hundred, which we might. We don't know, and you guys don't know. I we I don't might know. Have, I might have something in the works, but we might have we'll, something we'll real see special what for the here. for the big century episode. We'll see. Where, century oh i like that good word yeah well here we go let's just do it episode 96 i'm henry or dave what's up hi let's uh dive into the symphony symphony of corrections here's your weekly reminder that cables are tone tubes if you're listening to this thank you because you're awesome and this is why we do it so because we like hanging out with with each other and with y'all thank you follow us on instagram and facebook at gearbuds podcast subscribe spotify apple and wherever places that i don't know they're always popping up uh here we go let's just go into one of the first sub segments touching tips with dave all right uh, he, this is this one feels this one feels so rudimentary but i based on a couple things that i've experienced deals wise recently mm-hmm. uh, which i've a spoiler alert what we're mostly going to talk about is probably that kind of stuff because i've just got a lot going on right now i love it and uh my favorite shit. so uh, here's the deal sold listings check them it's not all about what things are Ask listed for. for right now yeah but part part the usually the reason that we would tell people this or talk to talk about this is that it's uh, you know things might be worth less than you think right someone could ask five thousand dollars for something that's right. only worth five hundred dollars and you go and see all oh, a bunch of them sold for five hundred dollars well right uh, very recently, and we'll get into the full details later, but I found out that something that I was selling was actually right now selling for a lot more than I thought it was. Oh, that's, that's and great. And had I not had I not checked the sol- recent sold listings on Reverb and eBay, you might what have just... I have known, I would I was I was about to follow through on a deal for something where it, I wouldn't have been robbed per se, but right. I would have felt bad about it afterwards. You know, uh, so check those check the sold listings. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, and uh, and if you're if you're selling something or even if you're buying something, you know, don't spend too much just because someone's asking eight hundred and it's worth you know five to six hundred. Definitely check the sold listings. I like to check eBay and Reverb as well. I mean, uh, I know you're not a huge both. huge eBay guy, but uh, uh, no, I, yeah, I'm, I absolutely the, the, I, I start at Reverb these days. But yeah, I, I oh, still me go too. Check me eBay. too. I, I like the interface of Reverb to be honest. eBay is just kind of a absolutely. It's just kind of a shit show. But I will say, when you put something up where there's bidding involved where you can have 50 bids on something and we can talk about it later because I think we'll get into it. Um, but something that you're looking forward to purchasing, which I might be trying to help you look out for. Um, I've, I've found a few things that are have like, Oh, we're talking J base. We're talking J bases. And, uh, you know, I, I keep my eyes out. I found mm. like a, I found like, you know, a, a form of one that you might be interested in oh, that, that midge. Uh, yeah, it's a midge. And dude, it is like, first of all, it's got like 60 bids and it's more money than I thought that oh, you would want to no, spend no, no. on I'm it. thinking about a different one. I, I'm thinking about the, the midge one on reverb that you sent me well, with the stickers on the front. I the got an email link. notification today that somebody made a offer on that. So that might Ooh, not. It wasn't me. I know. Friend. I was kind of hoping it was, but yeah. Um, and well, <laughs> dude, I've got it. The thing is, that, honestly, if I didn't have such an exciting deal happening in an hour and a half, that right? I probably would have already. But it's just like, you know, there. I, I hate to, I hate to. Sometimes when it rains, it pours, and you gotta and you yep. gotta ride it out. But I, I also kind of, I, I just sort of, I prefer to savor each deal. Not only just for the fact that I would rather than spend time with each piece of gear individually without being clouded by too many things going on. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, and it's really just like the the sensation, the joy, the that endorphin rush that I get from from oh. making a deal or a good trade. That like, I, I, if I get if I have all those in the same day, it's kind of almost spoiled or wasted. It's like yeah. I need to I need to kind of at least like every couple of days, you know, or like not every day, not like five times in the same day. Anyways, yeah. yeah. So yeah, that was the thing, and like I, I was shocked for this eBay thing because it was like I saw the price and then I looked over thinking it was like a for sale price. No, it was active bidding and it was ending in like a day, and there was like fifty six bids on this thing. And How the many, price where, was, what was it up to? It was like it was like a, a, a Japanese jazz bass, um, just kind of a standard 
you know, nothing fancy. It was probably like a two thousands model. And it was like it was like already already like seven hundred and eighty dollars plus like you know another hundred shipping or something. Coming I was just from like Japan shipping, sure. I mean, there, somebody's gonna drop. And no, this wasn't a Japanese one actually. This was like I think it was in the U.S. because I don't really look really? for stuff out of the U.S. or out of hundred dollars shipping. Yeah, some people are crazy, man. Like I, I don't know. I guess with do. insurance, you can and name such, your own maybe. shipping price when you sell stuff on eBay, and I think people do that to try to make a little more money off the top. Um, yeah. it's fair. I've done it before, you know, um, but insurance costs and UPS. And if you try to ship it, you know, with insurance and that kind of stuff, but what anyways, finish, bro? my point is I'm like, this Wait, thing, what's the finish? Oh, I think it was black with, um, it was black with a rosewood board, white pick guard, and, uh, it had blocks. So it was kind of cool looking. It was definitely like a seventies, mm, maybe like that seventies reissue. Oh. I know. I know. It was kind of like a Getty Lee, but with, uh, with the rosewood with ivory blocks instead of maple. And, um, anyways, I'm, this thing's probably going to go for a thousand bucks. And I'm like, so in this go to go back to what you're saying, the market is going crazy on certain items mm. right now. Like people oh, are spending or, a lot a of money lot, on stuff yeah. where I yeah. kind of was surprised. I thought, you know, back in my day, and I know we were talking mm. about this yesterday. Are we just getting old? Is that what's going on? Because back in my, back day, in my day, you could spend five to 600 bucks and get yourself a real nice, which I have bought uh Japanese, you know, uh jazz bass from either the nineties. Like, I think those days, I think those days are gone. I mean, maybe for now, I, I think I do believe the market will come back down as it always does, but we're right saying, now we are at a peak. We're saying, the exact I've said same bro shit. like five times. I need to cut cut, cut some of those out. I don't what know where bro? From yeah, I've said it are like forty thousand times. We're broing down right now. That's what I we don't do. know why it's so um, weird. But I was gonna say, are we like those old guys that uh, like when they sold their sixty Strat back in like nineteen eighty for like a few hundred bucks? Now they're like, oh, I I sold mine for a thousand. I could have bought and my looking, Strats for this, right? And then they're like, damn it, now it's worth twenty five grand or something. Yeah, so. Maybe we're, you know, it's a mix. I think it's time passing, mm. but it's also for some reason the market is hot right now and people are spending boatloads of money, which is. Yeah, I just want to point out we've been we've been going for a minute. Not sure how much is going to make it in, but uh, yeah. we're not even past the first sub segment yet. So <laughs> well, good, 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 good episode so it's far. It's the duo cast, you know. It is a duo cast. This is what we do. All right, dude, friends of the show. Uh, this is. I don't know if you saw this. It's I did. Super exciting. Black Bobbin, our friends, Shelby Pollard, uh, his brainchild, and I, you know, obviously. Pete Falconer, former guest as well. Uh, they just had an article come out in guitar on guitar dot com. I don't know if it's in the print magazine. Amazing. Or not, I don't. I don't. Does get, I don't even know if guitar. I don't even know if they do a print version anymore. But, anymore. Um, Dude, that's but incredible. That was man. awesome. And he even got Walt, his little bud, his little baby boy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the, the photo was really photos cool. Too, so, dude, and yeah, shout great out. Great article. Go check it out. We should repost that shit. Yeah, we should. And I'll yeah, I'll repost it on Monday. And I gotta say, man, like. The cool thing. Oh, no, not Monday, dude. Tuesday. That's when the Tuesday. This will come out come Monday. On. We'll post it yeah. on Tuesday for you guys. Um, and you know, the cool thing about that is, like, you know, we've talked about it before. Shelby hustles, man. I mean, I think I assume he's doing most of the posting it. on Instagram. I mean, he's posting multiple times a day, and that, you know, it's just sticking to it and posting a lot. And like, this is, you know, he's got a, a bunch of followers now, and like, you know, good for him. Bunch man. Of followers, an uh, interesting model. Uh, you know, he's. He's doing he's doing what Shelby does, which is just uh, love jazz masters, massage jazz masters, yeah. everything. I think jazz he, masters, I think he's driving the prices and up coffee. on jazz masters single handedly. Has something it's possible? To do with him and pushing. <laughs> All right, friends of the show, awesome. Go check out that article, guitar.com. Uh, gearbudspodcast.com slash free stuff. I, I might have mentioned a few times I've gone through and culled out all of the sort of uh, expired offers that we've mentioned in the past. So it's a lot cleaner now. All the stuff you want to get is all is all there. Got a new one to talk about today, which is this is we're going to nerd, nerd nerd down a little bit on this mm-hmm. one. It is made by it's a it's free as as the name free stuff what might lead you to believe by HY uh, is the name of the company that makes it. And it is the HY Euclidean gate and it is a Euclidean sequencer gate plug-in for your DAW of choice and what it is uh, do you know what do you know what do you, any chance know what a sequencer gate is dave i don't please all right let's me. get into this shit sequencer gate is basically a thing you'd use uh, i mean a lot of times in electronic music but i think you could find a way to put it in pretty much any style of music if you're creative enough and it is a thing that sort of takes you take like a, in a, a from the highest level sense you take if you want to give motion to something that's sort of solid like one long held note or like a chord or add mm-hmm. add a, a, a sort of rhythmic variation okay. to a very sort of simple thing you would you would use something like a, a sequencer gate well this one is a euclidean sequencer gate so typically a gate would have 
kind of like imagine programming drums on you know Ableton or any kind of drum program thing where it's on a, a sequencer line or like pr- programming a, a drum machine where it's you know a sequencer of 16 beats or something like that mm-hmm. four for four for beat uh, four beats per bar mm-hmm. uh, this instead of following that sort of protocol follows this Euclidean shit. So I'm going to read now because I can't just like freestyle. <laughs> I was like, part. first of all, you were doing great. So yeah, go ahead and read, yeah. man. Cause that was, yeah, this is well, cause I, I kept some notes for this part here. So the Euclidean algorithm is a mathematical method for finding the greatest common divisor of two numbers. That's, that's pretty simple. That's mm-hmm. not that deep. Still following. Yep. It appears in Euclid's elements, a textbook from 300 BC and is actually one of the oldest mathematical algorithms in everyday use. More than two millennia later, Mr. Gottfried Toussaint, uh, who died apparently, Couple years ago, discovered that the Euclidean algorithm can generate rhythms. He describes the process in a paper titled The Euclidean Algorithm Generates Traditional Musical Rhythms, published in 2005. Fast forward to the age of plugins and Macs and all that sort of stuff, and you won't have a hard time finding quite a few musical sequencers that utilize this concept. As I said, it adds rhythm and movement to static tone. So basically, this is free. It's really, you don't have to understand any of the stuff that I just said to use it. If you have sort of like a, just like a, a sound that you find maybe kind of boring you can just throw this plug in on there try some different presets and it might wow. add some rhythmic variation in a sort of generative um not standard two four four right but still usable within four four way very cool i love that yeah awesome man euclidean gate it's free try it out it's free i tried it out myself it's fun all right uh bad fucking ideas let's do it let's do it gfi bfi uh i don't know uh, here, what where do we start here? Oh, you know what? I've actually got here's one that I haven't I haven't talked about with you yet, and I'm glad um, that we're gonna have a little fresh convo about this. Uh, may or may may not make the show. We'll see. Uh, recently, uh, I, for the first time ever, uh, I had someone tell me that they they do not do interviews when Sorry? I approach them about doing the podcast. Uh. We don't have to say who it is, and I have no, no, I have no idea. But uh, no, absolutely not. What do you mean? Like they're too popular? They're too famous or something? No, no, no. It was not that at all. And I don't really want to get into any sort of details at all no, of that no. sort of thing. But uh, it was um, a situ- Yeah, it was a situation. I won't say if it was a company or a person or any of that kind of stuff. But okay. uh, yeah, not no. It was yeah. They their their policy is is to not do interviews. I was just like, wow. Okay. With anybody. I, at at first, I was like. Well, thanks. Honestly, thank you for even replying and letting me know that you yeah. wouldn't do it. It's rather than, you know, it's not like it was, it was this, it, it, this entity was not some, I, I did, I had no previous relationship there, you know? Yeah. 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 Um, it was yeah. just like a cold. Well, cold we reach situation. out. And, so thank you, know, you. So thank you for, so thank you for I can saying respect no, but wow, that. to say, yeah. to say not that they do not do interviews. I have to, I just, I just like, I have it's to wonder what the, the uh, motivation for that is see to me like, what it's do you, like what do you think that is I, well to me it's like it's interesting and I, I go I go I can respect that if you don't want to do interviews maybe they think you know we're gonna like pull them into some questions that they don't want to answer about some mm, weird shit maybe yeah, it's, there's some yeah. controversial news stuff I have no idea I, not that I'm aware of with that I don't either I mean I don't even know this no I'm saying is. like I that's what I'm saying I do and I and I'm at, at all in any way aware of any controversy previous yeah. Uh, to this, maybe they just don't like them. They don't like talking stuff. to people. Some people are, you know, in the music scene are very introverted and they don't want to. They don't want to talk. You know. Um, yeah, and it's but it's it's a sort of situation where having a a, a a kind of sort of technical discussion like we could get into would would actually be, I think, in my mind, awesome. So I don't. It was, yeah. It was, yeah. I just yeah. Don't, that's interesting, um, man. For, that's a first was, time. But it was a, it was a first. It was the first time. So I wanted to mark the occasion. Took us almost 100 <laughs> episodes. And, and and to be clear, there are many people that I have spoken with or reached out to in the past that have been like, "Oh yeah, I'll do it," and then just like sort of never really got back or sure. whatever. And that yeah, that's um, fair. And that happens. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not upset about that. But uh, I, I'm not really upset about this either. I just thought it was so interesting. And, yeah. And, and and I meant to actually. I meant to screenshot it and send it to you. And then I realized that I hadn't done that. Yeah. So I, Probably best uh, I don't know. Decided, I was like, let's just like <laughs> let's just like have a, let's just like have a chat and see. Yeah. Uh, let's see what Dave thinks. That's funny, man. I mean, I I always think that stuff's interesting. But apparently, this person wants to be a little more undercover. So maybe best I don't know about it and nobody else. So. That's cool, and and I and I don't want to cor- keep correcting you, but I would not just believe it, it wasn't necessarily just a person. It could have been right a company or a brand or whatever, you know. Anyways, <laughs> here we go. Uh, so I'm not uh, to be honest. I'm not sure if I would if I would throw that under BFI or GFI. I kind of think it's both. It's an idea. It's an I. I mean, yeah, it's a 
All right, let's get into it. We've got a couple a couple doozies of Craigslist ads here to talk about mm. real fast. Uh, the first one here, I believe that I sent and did not get the, quite the response from the group chat that I thought I'll I was going honest, to. So I just want to talk about it in the podcast. When you sent it to me, I was just confused, and then I got busy working, so I didn't get yeah, to you about it. But it. Okay, so let me, let, me, let me walk through what's going on here. So this, uh, I, I want to talk, talk through my whole experience with it. It was a Craigslist ad here on the, the Chicago uh, Musical Instrument Exchange okay. uh, Craigslist uh, deal. And uh, it said... ISO, you know, in search of Explorer. And I was like, oh, dope. I see this headline. I'm like, I've got an Explorer. You're like, selling what an are Explorer. They? Yes. Well, well, we'll talk about that too. Okay. Um, <laughs> Uh, I see that, but I, you know, your point to your point, like if you have whatever it is that you have and it's like, I've got this very specific thing. And then you see someone and search that you're going to click that. Ad. Of course. So I click it open and there's just one image and one line of text. The image is a, I believe it's a photo. I'm not sure if it's, I don't think it's a scan of a hand drawing. Yeah. Hand drawing. And then, and then the, and then the, the line of text says looking for XPLRR which I'm assuming means explorer, friend. Mm-hmm. And the photo uh, of this of this hand-drawn poster says, in search of a partner in crime, do you love exploring abandoned buildings, drains, places? So do I. And then basically goes in this long thing about how they're looking for someone to like go explore with and them break into warehouses in the world and, and break into warehouses and, and, and climb around in sewers and Fuck shit. that, dude. <laughs> I'm not going to read the rest of it, especially because there is an email address attached to yeah. it, which is at AOL.com. Yeah, that's, that's a huge red flag for me. No offense to anybody who still uses an AOL, but I'm kind of like, oh, man. There are some, it's, it's interesting to me also because that it's the hand-drawn nature of it's really cool. I really like the design of it and it's clearly done by somebody who knows graphic design, you know, how to like draw a poster. Uh, but then there, you know, there's just like these sort of like goofy typos in there, like really butchering the spelling of requirements, but like in a way where it's this uh, whatever either way well i was let down uh, it was not, they were not they, they were not looking explorer. for a gibson explorer they were looking to, to jump through some tubes and i sent it to right away i was talk, i was actually talking to max former guest of the show yeah max pro and uh sent it to him right away and by the time i sent it to him it had already been flagged so oh. i'm so glad that you i got, got a screenshot, a screenshot. oh yeah. yeah and i i gotta say like um I don't know. People can do what they want. I wouldn't advise climbing around in, in abandoned warehouses and sewers and shit in Chicago. It's just no nobody's gonna come save you if you get stuck. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't recommend doing something like that. So I don't know how that one ended up in the musical <laughs> instruments, especially with yeah. something that could be so easily misconstrued. I will Here's say the one. artwork on the flyer was pretty nice. It's uh, I dope. It was cool. Yeah, hand drawn. Yeah, very cool. And here's another one. That's this one. That one. I again. BFI, GFI, not sure. This one, definitely BFI. So it's, uh, the image was, or here's the title, Musical Instrument Posters. Uh, that was all lower caps. And then all caps, attention! Mm-hmm. And then here, and then I, there's a little nugget that I didn't notice until right now. He, basically, this posted this guy complaining about a bunch of stuff. And then the location is, it's not Chicago land. So he's obviously upset about suburban posters, which is the oh, dumbest thing yeah. to, to get so upset silly. about yeah. on Craigslist. But regardless, the picture is of uh, uh, Alfred E. Newman from Mad Magazine. <laughs> and he goes on this long thing that I'm guessing has also been flagged uh, that I'm glad I screenshot about basically kind of the stuff that we would we would recommend people do or or, or, in, or in gear posting etiquette type discussions that we have on this podcast mm-hmm. but in just the most awful angry negative fashion pa- possible in this post hmm. I like and, and really just this is like a long post by the way like they really it's a long post a very angry person uh, he, what it really is is him detailing, and this has to be a man. I'm I'm sorry to gender, but I'm not because this angry idiot is definitely an angry man. Uh, so uh, it is really this guy going on and on about why he likes to flag, and he, and it's him talking about why he he goes through and spends his time flagging posts on Craigslist, I'm, like like angrily getting ang- like really so upset flagging posts so much caps Look at you turds uh, this section is not your story talk angry about picture with no pictures with zero dollar uh, what does this guy prices, want like what's the, the repeater game? the service bastards the wrong item morons i don't know what this one the not your santa claus thing is all about um what so, posts does he wow. want us to flag i don't understand like at the end he says you know help me flag these idiots or whatever i don't understand what he who's he talking about like what's the what's the i think he here? just wants to be a moderator like he wants to be a website oh moderator. on a website with no moderators that's interesting right oh Good it does have a that. moderation system which is yeah. not 
foolproof obviously we've but it's not like a facebook group or something where they you know somebody can just like take stuff down you know you can you basically got to flag it yeah yeah i don't it's 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 so funny i just don't understand waste of space maybe this guy isn't that what this is by definition you are now doing exactly what you're bemoaning everyone else does in this craigslist instrument i've uh, situation i found in fact I have to be honest. I definitely flagged this post right when I, right after, I took my screenshot. <laughs> after you took the screenshot. Yeah, it. nice. I mean, I found it very ironic. This guy and the other guy about the Wurlitzer guitar or whatever that like, yeah. they oh, just, yeah. they spend so much time writing these things. And I'm like, dude, just like, are you trolling a troll? Like how many levels of like meta is this right now? Because I can't, I, I you know, I, I don't know what's actually going on. Here. I don't either. Uh, last one here. And this one is just, just quick for shits and gigs because I saw uh, it was a f- for sale for trade 2013 Logan, which I had never heard of, which mm-hmm. is clearly just some sort of like, uh, you know, fender knockoff builder type person oh. uh, making a, what looked like a really nice 69 thin line mm-hmm. Kelly style. So it's not, you know, the single coils, but it's got the semi hollow, yeah. like the frankly ugly uh, mother of toilet seat. Pickguard, it's your favorite pickguard. The guitar <laughs> itself looked kind of interesting. I could see it's just the body, but it's this like beautiful, beautiful sort of matte looking, almost yeah, uh, sky blue, palm sky yeah. sort of blue. Um, but then the best part about it, and I, and I know that you felt this too, and and, and others have as well. It, it, I did the thing where I oh, ooh, that's nice. It's only eight hundred bucks. Oh, I'm interested. Clicking through, clicking through, see the neck sort of creeps. And then you see the back. It's like why haven't I seen the headstock yet? And then you get to the headstock. It's like goo. Yep. And it's and it's basically just the worst take on a head yep. under headstock you've ever seen where they kind of cut out a weird spot yeah, it's and like maybe a, added an extra little spot. They and just, just cut like, the round part Ugh! off the end. <laughs> it just ruins everything. They just hunk apart. It's just like, why do you have – just come on. Just leave it – just make a – I would honestly rather have just a – a blank slab of wood, just like yeah. a straight rectangle, even like, like a three a silver by three. tone, like like a silver, an old, oh, like an old silver tone. tone. Yeah, just like I'd rather take style. that a paddle than like whatever hunk uh, you got a hog out of the top of the fender, like the telecaster. I mean, I get it. Like whoever Logan, the company is, you know, obviously didn't want to get sued by Fender, or maybe has. I, I don't know, but like, of course, of course. Uh, you know, and I didn't I even, honestly, I didn't even mean to necessarily call them out by name. It was just, oh, just like, okay. it's, it's just I'm, an example you know, of all of these builders. You know, it's every time I'm like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. I was looking at it because uh, I think it was on the on the thing last week and we didn't touch on it, but I saw it and I was like, Henry, I don't understand what's wrong with it. It's clearly a guy in Logan Square selling a thin line. Uh, tel- and yeah. I thought it was I, my eyes went Logan Square. I just thought or lo- some mm-hmm. people refer to it as Logan. So I thought it's a guy in Logan Square selling this like fender. And I I couldn't see the other thumbnails because they're so small in the document. So I was like, oh, what's the what's the problem with this one? Now? I Yeah, I absolutely. Now see you that. get it, bro. But um, oh, there it is. Like number 47. Best of luck to the to the seller. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it looks like a. Pr- if you don't, if you don't have my horrible aversion to non Fender or yeah. Gibson headstocks when they're Fender, Fender the or Gibson way, guitars, man. then you will. I, th- I bet this is a, that looks like an awesome guitar. Honestly, I um, bet. It, I bet. It, I bet, it's, I bet nice. it's a fine guitar. You know, I've never heard but of a, Demarzio velvet pickups. I wonder what those sound like. True velvet. I yeah, I don't know either. But cool. sw- flip them, t- pop them out. Get some. Get yourself some. Some donkey doos or something. I do like those semi hollow. What is Ballers? it? What is that? The '69 reissue, like um, yep. Tele Deluxe or something like that, or it's yeah, it's a th- th- the '69 thin, thin line. line yep. That's right. Yeah, and I, I, ha- like I have had that. I have had that guitar. It was a oh. well, actually, it was it belonged to the singer of my band at the time, but I used it for a while, and then it became my backup, and then I stopped using it. He had a. Um, uh, uh, Duncan Hot Rails in the bridge, so it was like. Like a rock and roll, yeah, telly thin line, and it actually did that really well. I never, I, I honestly use the neck pickup most of the time on that guitar, mm-hmm. but yeah, uh, yeah really nice. I really, I really like the thin line thing. It's a, it's an interesting take on the telly. Yeah, I like the body. I mean, shit, I don't know. Well, maybe somebody will buy it and throw a fender neck in it or something if they want. You know, ooh, yeah, that. you've got a nice, you've got a nice telly neck line around. That's that's not we're, we're we're talking here, buddy, buddy. You know what time it is? You know what time it is? I do know, you know what time, time it is. is. It's time for me to say those two beautiful words. Dave Stokes. Yeah. Um, what do you got for us? I think you, I believe you already wet my whistle a little bit maybe yesterday and we're like, yeah, I got one for you. So this is one I, you know, I watched, I got really excited. I told you I'm excited about today's Dave Stokes. I get excited whenever it's one that I'm not really sure and it's on Amazon and you're kind of like, I don't really know if this is going to be good. Um, it's not about a particular band necessarily. So I was just kind of like, I'll watch it. Um, and it actually, I sent it to people already, um, friends of mine. 
This is a this is a movie called The Jazz Loft, according to W. The Jazz Loft, according to W. Eugene Smith, 2016. So it's a it's a movie. The in the synopsis, it's basically a movie about from 1957 to 1965. This famous photographer named W. Eugene Smith, they called him Gene Smith, uh, lived in this loft in New York City in the Flower mm. District, which is like I don't know where exactly that is, but it's in Manhattan, and. Um, Basically, at you know, at the, during the day, it was disguised as like a flower shop business because it was all flower shops up and down this this area. And then at night, it was just jazz musicians, and they would fill every floor of this place and just play and play and play. And what's really cool about this, it kind of had this underground scene to it. And what was really cool is this guy who was kind of this this photographer, Gene Smith, was kind of this. He kind of went out of his mind a little bit and moved to New York. He had another house with a family and everything, and he kind of left them all to go move there. He set up. Um, reel-to-reel tape recorders through like holes in the ceiling that would go upstairs into the musician's lofts whoa and he didn't know anything he wasn't he wasn't an engineer an audio engineer at all it was just Uh like very simple one microphone or two microphone you know um reel-to-reels and he had all these reel-to-reels set up all around this entire building and he would just let them run and he recorded all of these sessions and all of these rehearsals and all these parties they had and everything and on top of it, he was like this amazing, highly regarded photojournalist photographer. Mm-hmm. Um, he did this really cool stuff. So, so first of all, if you're interested in photography at all, this is kind of a half photography, half music documentary. Um, I will say this one thing. He had this process that I've never seen before where he would take. Um, so in the process, you do the enlarger and then you put it through the first chemical, which is the developer. And then you and then you wash it and then you put it through the fixer. And the fixer basically solidifies the, the contrast in the photo. Well, once he had it in the fixer, he would take it out and he would use this like bleach type chemical. I forget the name of it. And he would whiten the white parts. So it looked really high contrast in oh. certain parts, almost artificial, almost like a painting. That's and he, badass. dude, it was badass. And he was kind of like the um, like the, the first person to kind of ever do this style. And so they kind of talked about that process a little and they showed his what work. What about was that? So this is 57. He moved into this building and he'd been doing mm-hmm. it. He was a photographer in World War II. I mean, he'd been doing this for years. He worked for okay. Time Magazine. Um, he was kind of famous. You could easily look up W. Eugene Smith and look up his yeah. photos. They're fucking incredible black and white photos. Badass, um, man. Really cool. So anyways, this. he moved into this place and then there's this other guy, Hall Overton, who's this jazz pianist, insane composer guy. And he moved this piano up to this floor. He was already living there when when Gene moved in there. But he was living there, and he brought this piano upstairs, tuned it all up, and then he's like, all right, now I can start throwing these, like, jazz party hangout jam sessions. And so guys would come up with drums and come up with their wow. their, their instruments. And now, I don't know about you. I'm a can huge... We, can, I, can I make that my... Whenever we used to ask the time machine question, can I go hang out there? I was thinking that while I was watching this movie. No go, way. Dude, I go... And, and to be honest, man, the way this movie's done... All the audio is, you know, there's some narration and stuff from people who actually were there, which is really cool. Um, That's great. But the other audio is his recordings, like oh, like through yes. these through the walls. And there's phone recordings. He had his he had his radio like tapped. He had his phone tapped. Like he had literally ma- tape machines on everything. I'm and, sorry uh, if you answered this part already. Yeah. Too uh, did you what what is it? What did you watch this on? It's on Amazon. It's called the Jazz it's on Amazon. Loft. Okay. Yeah, look up the All Jazz right. Loft. You'll love yeah, it, dude. Yeah, dude, I'm going to watch that. The funny wow. thing is, I was just seeing our old friend uh, Matt Witt, and he's a crazy jazz guy, a good friend of mine, played trumpet, you know, first chair of trumpet in college and all that stuff at Columbia. And we were talking about jazz, like an entire Sunday afternoon, we talked about jazz. And then to go and like watch this a few days later, I was just like, oh, this is so cool. So I sent it to him, and you know, I knew he would dig it. Um, and I'm just trying to think if there was anything really else cool about it. Oh, I would say the most famous musician that came through there was Thelonious Monk. Uh, oh, came yeah. through, and, wow. and it, he was doing his first composition for the Thelonious Monk Orchestra. And they were going to perform at the Town Hall, which I guess was a venue in New York City. And it became one of his most famous records. You can find it on Spotify. They rehearsed for it in this loft with like 10 guys. And they all played and it's like he's trying to compose like his piano parts to like, you know, trumpet and like French horn and these strange orchestral instruments. And uh, basically, this guy recorded all of those, all those recordings. And, and so that was going to ask, are those are all those recordings available? 
I don't know. I haven't looked. They're not on Spotify or anything. Um, obviously, the Thelonious Monk performance is is on Spotify. That's a vinyl. You can get it, you know, all everywhere. But mm-hmm. no, these specific recordings, I haven't Googled it yet. But I imagine they're somewhere in some bank. But if you want to hear the majority of them, they play throughout the, this entire yeah. movie, and it's just fucking awesome. I love Damn. like fifty for me fifty seven to like you know mid sixties jazz, like the bebop stuff. You know, the gypsy jazz, the the post bebop, all that stuff is like really really interesting to me probably because i can't play it um and i just i I've, I've been obsessed with this style of music so for me this was just such a fucking cool doc where they mix the photography with the audio and the interviews from the people who were actually there it's just fucking fantastic man so definitely check that out if you're any kind of jazz fan any kind of photography fan or just a music fan in general absolutely oh, love it, dude i'm stoked on this one uh do it what's the what's the rank bro we gotta go oh god number 47 9 36 what? I just said, bro, like forty for the fourth oh, you're... time again. <laughs> uh, I haven't even noticed because you know we're just rapping here. But um, yeah, dude. Yeah, it's uh, man. I mean, I gotta give it a ten out of ten, man. I mean, it's it's yes. for me. It's it's. What it's, year did it come out? It came out in 2016, so it's okay, not that so old. Fairly recent. Yeah, yeah. fairly recent. Um, I, I you know I'm sure they like beefed up some of the audio. Like it just, it sounds really clear. And yeah. one other thing I will take away from this because I've been doing a lot of like I guess you could say home recordings in our practice space. You know, yeah. I bought that focus right and everything. I kind of carried that with me in the sense that this guy had no musical knowledge whatsoever. He listened to records like his whole life. He was like, he had like thousands of records, but he didn't, he didn't have a background in recording. And I'm not shorting what anybody says about, you know, what you have to know about recording and stuff. But the way his recordings turned out is like, sometimes you just got to set up a microphone and have incredible musicians and you'll capture something special. So that's right. He definitely did that. Um, It's all about the source. And I would argue that, and I was actually talking about this with, with another one of the friends of the show, Dan Liu, recently, mm-hmm. how, that uh, I think, yes, the, prolifer- the proliferation of the technology has made it way more accessible for people to record now mm-hmm. in the digital age. There's no question about that. But I think that it is harder, compared to analog recording, yep. it is harder to get a good sounding recording as a beginning digital recorder than it is to get a good analog recording with just like a microphone and a tape machine because yep. the computer stuff can be so intimidating for a lot of people not understanding levels and balance and compression bit rates and all that kind yeah. of stuff. Yeah. You get And that's the other, the other thing you don't get any of the inherent, there's a lot of ne- downfalls of recording to tape, of course, in, mm-hmm. anal- in an analog way. But there are also a lot of benefits, like the inherent saturation and overdrive and clipping and con- compression and stuff, like the good stuff. Where basically, what I, what I'm saying is, you could turn that shit up and it would sound cool. Yep. Whereas if you turn your, turn yourself up too high on digital, you're just gonna it's not gonna be cool. It's gonna yeah. be sort of broken and and unlistenable. I mean, I'm I'm literally going through that right now, um, recording at my practice space with with some guys that I play with, and you know, I'm learning a lot. I mean, you know. I think a lot of people who've listened here a long time and you obviously know, I don't really know what I'm doing in a lot of cases. I know how to hit record and I know how to like make it not too hot and not clip and all that stuff. But um, as far as, you know, mixing and, and trying to get everything to sound good together, especially with multiple microphones, you know, eight tracks or something like that, it's, it's very difficult. Um, so I'm, I'm, I was thinking the exact same thing. I was thinking, man, how, how nice would it be to just, you know, set up a bunch of cool mics, but really it came down in these cases to just these incredible jazz musicians playing for 12 hours a day or a night, you know, just overnight windows open. You can hear the traffic in the background. It's, it's really, uh, I'm telling you guys, this is probably one of my favorite docs I've seen definitely in 2021 and probably in the last, you know, six or seven months or so. So it's really, uh, definitely check out the jazz loft for sure. Nice, man. Great Dave's doc. Let's uh, let's get a little future gear. We got a little bit, a little bit to talk about here. A couple new things. Uh, This one, okay. I want to talk about a pedal tuner, and uh, I realize that that is probably where a lot of people will turn this off and that's <laughs> fine. fast forward but to the next segment the thing is, is this is future gear and i feel like this is this has a couple features in this new tuner pedal okay. that for the first time i've ever in like many years been like maybe i want that okay so it's diodario or didario uh the pedal tuner plus uh whatever blah blah, blah. It, it's basically a small format uh you know it's kind of micro micro size nice screen on there big bright whatever there are two things that are interesting about it first it has a high quality buffer because as we've talked about especially with the rig doctor uncle mace mason mm-hmm. marangella buff- buffers are important Very to important. maintain your signal path and and a lot of the 
the integrity of your single path, I should say. And the a lot of the, especially on like boss pedals, we've those do have buffers in there, but they're just not very good ones. This has an actual high quality buffer in it, which is mm -hmm. great. The second thing is what I find by far the most exciting. And it includes a programmable countdown timer. So you can keep track of your set or your session time. Whoa. So it's like, oh, boom, I'm on stage. I know we've got 40 minutes. You have 40 minutes preset on your tuner pedal, and it just counts down Whoa. as soon as you hit it. Like How little, smart little, is that? A little clock on there. I love it. A clock. And a lot of people have been putting clocks on their pedal boards for a long time. That isn't new. But to have a countdown timer I think is really interesting for – I it's haven't brilliant. seen that before, but when you think about being a gigging musician, mm -hmm. you've every time you know you've got this certain set time, set length, and how, I mean, I don't know about you, but how many times have you actually played a show where you step, step on stage at the exact time you're supposed to? Almost so never. Otherwise, yeah. So now it's like you've got to do mental math to figure out how much time how much, you've got Well, left. sometimes, you know, like Countdown. Uh, Shubas, for instance, I remember they had like a digital clock with the red letters, like on the, or the red numbers on the side of the stage, and you could see it. So yep. they would be like, all right, you have till like this time, but come on, you're playing your show. You're not, you're not into like what time it is, you know? So this is a, this is definitely. Well, really and my point is that what's printed on those set times is never what they actually are. So no, it's yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. You always you start have to, 15, 20 is, minutes late or whatever. Basically it's like, you've got 35 minutes, boom, 35, let's do it. Wow. I don't know. And you can set it to whatever time. Of course. I, yeah. It's oh, I want to see this thing. Yeah. This is yeah. great. Cause I, I've honestly, I've been Pedal thinking, Tuner Plus. I still use the boss to you too, you know, with the classic, I think, what do you have? The, um, I've got the polytune the poly too, but I, I honestly, for on my guitar pedal board, I, I just use the boss. I've got, I use the boss switcher. So yeah. it's got the tuner. Does this have that. the other output like the boss has where, um, cause I do like running that other line sometimes where it's got the good question. I'm not sure if it has the, cause a lot of them it. now have the like unbalanced or, or unbuffered, uh, yeah, uh, mirrored, mirrored out. So that is a nice feature uh, on the boss. But, that um, is a nice feature. Dude, that's great, man. I love yeah, this thing. Dig it. Here's one. Not sure how I feel about this. It's called the harp pad or harp pad. H a r p a d. Mm -hmm. And you basically attach it to your acoustic, your six string acoustic guitar, and it, it does this. Th it turns it into a twelve string. Okay. And uh. <laughs> I was like, that. How does that work? And then I and then I watched some videos and checked it out and it does sound very good and it does it, I think it's a really unique and interesting concept. The the challenge that I had as I started to get into it more is I think that it's actually the link that I have saved in the outline here. Uh, it's a there's I think there's it's like seven seven steps that you need to take to ensure that will it will actually even fit your guitar to begin with. Do you even which know is good because then you don't buy it and it won't fit. But it's also like, whoa, that's I mean, that's a lot that's a lot of hoops to jump through just to even decide if it's gonna work on your instrument. I don't even understand what it does. You said it makes it sound like a, a twelve string? No, or? you play a twelve string, it adds another set of six strings. Like that basically the next set of oh, the other set of six I that saw gets added. This. To a so it looks string. like a big arm that comes off the bottom um, it looks like a harp arm down on yes, the bottom. Yep, okay. On like a harp guitar. I didn't, yeah, on the page you linked, I was like, I don't see where it's different. Okay, oh, wow, I, okay. they were just measuring the guitar. Yeah, so it's like a big, uh, it's almost like a big handle on the bottom. You know, like a hard Kind of, yeah, it looks like a big handle. It's a smart it, idea. It, you know, it's a you super clever idea. Clip it on at the studio and like, you know, then you have an instant 12 string. I love the idea. Cool. I just, yeah, I have a hard time getting past the, the initial fit part of it. That was just like, man, I'm not going to go and take all these measure measurements on my Martin it looks like or, they're or not in right stock, now. so maybe people bought them, or maybe they're not. Maybe people out bought yet. them, or they're maybe they're not out yet. I just came across it and hadn't, and I was just sort of like, "This is this is something I want to talk about, Dave." That's cool, man. You know, I love the twelve string thing, and and in, in pursuit of some twelve string yep. projects of my own, I just this one, I just, I, yeah, I don't know, I don't do know, if, I, don't, I don't know if I want. I do not currently own a twelve string guitar. Yeah, I, yeah. I know, man. Yeah, it's I a have good... too many too many sixes and one seven. I guess three fours. Yeah, well, the twelve is an interesting thing because it's like. You know, four fours. You got to bring it everywhere. Five fours. You know, so oh, I've got a five or two. Oh yeah, five. Yeah, of course. Banjo, banjo, and a mandolin. Yeah, well, dude. Okay, that's that is a <laughs> see what insane transition that you just did right there, and a high five across, high five uh, across neighborhoods the here. Uh, I've, I'm in in one hour now. From now, I'm about to do a deal where I make a trade, and this is something that I struggled with a little bit. Because it's a tra I'm trading my vintage, my 1966 or it's 1965 Epiphone mandolin, which was still a Gibson factory. It was when it was still the Gibbs, just a Gibson, but with ep one Epiphone, you know, was a separate brand sort of still. Um, and I'm trading that for a Nord 5D 73 key. 
I like it, man. Straight up. The more I thought about it, because um, you texted me a few days ago and you were like, mm. do you think, you know, you were like, obviously you're going to do the deal whether I think it's a good deal or not. Like, that doesn't matter. But the point is, you were like, do you think I should do this deal? And I said, yes. well, you're going to play, you're going to play the Nord and you barely ever play the Mando, if at all. So yeah, it's, it's I've a no probably I've probably taken it out of the case to show it to people more than I've ever actually played it. Oh, yeah. I've because it. it's, it's so clean. clean. It's the cleanest and thing it's got, I've ever seen. It's got the original... Uh, bill from manny's in new york it's like a super hip thing and like the case is nice and i but i got it in a trade like i couldn't even tell you 10 years plus ago uh for some stuff and uh it's just so i did it because it was like i was something i was trying to get rid of honestly and i was like oh that's a cool vintage thing and i was just getting into getting vintage stuff and Mm -hmm. um and it's awesome if it was if i was doing the deal now i probably wouldn't have done it because it's too clean and i you know i like my stuff a little little put away wet and ridden hard a so it's, yeah it's it's probably the clean what is it a 65 you said it's a 65 it's yeah. a style body it's got the beautiful sunburst that's the other reason is that it matches my grandfather's 50s gibson banjo that i have right uh it has the i mean the burst is absolutely it's, identical it's stunning on the back yeah it's really um, awesome. so that's been the reason i've really held on to it but um, i would yeah, say because if you it, like played mando a lot you know there'd be a, a yeah. reason to keep it but you know it doesn't have sentimental value and you know, the other thing you're going to use it. So obviously I'm going to use it a lot. And that's, that's sort of how I value wise. I do actually, I would in cash, I would value that Nord five D is worth more currently. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the other sort of side of it, I guess. But really to your point, it's, it's because I've been doing a lot of stuff with electric piano recently. One of my new songs has organ on it. These things are, I mean the Nord five D that's what it's known for. And then beyond that, it's got super powerful MIDI control uh, implementations where you can actually be using not only can you be do- using like two keyboard sounds at the same time, so like a synth and electric piano in the Nord, you can also be controlling your MIDI stuff and your USB computer stuff at with separate layers and stuff. So it, it, it's going to solve so many asks and needs that I have right now. It's just yeah. like, all right, dude, I've got to do this. But I still honestly, I've gone back and forth on it because it is a super cool old vintage thing for like a new thing that isn't hard to come you know by and, and is and is pretty re- readily available i don't know um and I, I don't give this show any legitimacy anymore um but i remember one of the earlier episodes of pawn stars mm-hmm. somebody brought in a, an old mandolin and you know rick's like i'll bring in my expert you know he brought in the yeah, guy right. who's literally oh, yeah, ruined let me call a buddy what let me call a buddy yeah let me call a buddy and by the way i, I don't care for this fella either because at one time i saw him recommend a refinish to an original uh telecaster or something and i was is like is it the one the sort of the long hair dude that yeah you're he's like oh yeah, man i'm a rocker about. guy from the 90s yeah so anyways um they somebody brought in a mandolin and i don't give this guy much credibility but he did say like if it's from a certain era it could be worth like ten thousand dollars or something or it's worth like you know a thousand dollars or six hundred. Yeah, I I put mine between like the twelve to fourteen hundred, yeah. you know, conservative sort of like that. That's what I, I would it would sell for on Reverb. And or by the way, like if that. I played Mando or I knew somebody who did, and I knew you were selling that, I'd be like, you should definitely buy this thing. It's probably one of the cleanest old. Yeah, Gibson. it's beautiful. It's probably the coolest mandolin I've ever seen. If I ever, I don't even know how to play a mandolin to be honest with you. So. It's yeah, it's I've I, I've I've I have played it on a few things, but it's like I've only ever played mandolin like I, I've had to relearn it each time. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, oh, yeah, those are the shapes and whatever. But it's like each time I, I learn how to play that, you know, uh, whatever that REM song is and losing like, my religion. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I learned that and I learned whatever other couple banjo or banjo mandolin songs I know. And so, Fun. yeah, I th- Thank you for letting me. This has been sort of therapeutic. For no, me no. I, it, I still I know it's like impending. The dude's going to be here in like an hour. One last thing so I will like, say, I um, you know, I think I mentioned this before and I, I don't you know, I would say if, if you wanted to repurchase an inexpensive mandolin, you always have that option, but you don't have the option to purchase an inexpensive Nord per se. Mm. So the things you're getting out of that's the Nord, an interesting way to put it, man. You, you, and I'm not saying like, oh, a, you know, a, a overseas copy of what you have is going to be just as good. But if you like needed a mandolin for a project or a song, you could find one for like 150 bucks online or whatever. You know, um, you couldn't find a cheaper version of the Nord. Um, you know, unless I, you start I totally understand MIDI what you're saying. Kind of yeah. Stuff, so. No, I dude, that's, that's a, a good, great way to put it. I think you're doing a good job, man. And oh, um, yeah. And I know you have another deal, and I want to talk about a deal that mm-hmm. I made too. But uh, I want you. to What do go you got? Ahead. Tell me here about yours. Well, uh, I uh, I sent you a guitar the other day. I think it was yesterday. Which one was that? Uh, it was an '80s Hondo. Um, yes, for that's right. sixty-five dollars. Sixty-five dollars. I bought it, dude. I had to. Of course, you did. I mean, it was sixty-five dollars. It was seventy-one dollars shipped. Okay. 
um you know after tax and all that fun stuff but uh you've had that you've had this you've had the itch man yeah i yeah we i went over my rant about the the guy who won't sell me the hondo down the street um but i but you know i was looking at more and more in these pictures and i was looking at other prices of other ones and everything starts at like 150 and up and i'm kind of like you know what if this thing if this thing does turn out to be decent it's totally worth 70 bucks if it needs a ton of work and all that stuff you know, then it's going to be a problem. Then it's like, whatever. But I've spent 70 bucks at lunch, so I'm not really too worried yeah, about it. Right. And I was looking at the one thing that kind of sold me, man. I was looking at the wood grain on the neck. There's a really close up shot of the fretboard. And I got to say, it the wood grain looks pretty interesting. It's not, it doesn't look like laminate and like cheap. It kind of looks uh-huh. like a, it's got natural grain in there. So I'm excited to get it and I'll keep you guys posted. Um, yeah, the guy already dude. shipped it. What's the model? It's called a, it's a 1980s, it's called a Vista, but it's made by Hondo in the same factory. I was reading uh-huh. a little bit about Korean made um, 80s stuff, you know, early 80s. And they were basing all their designs off Martin specifically. It was like really what they were into. Um, but sure. it's obviously not a Martin. Um, but yeah, the, according to the seller, it's been, it's been set up. Uh, it comes with a pack of like $10 strings. So I could say right there, like, you know, I only paid this, you know, less than, t- you know, $10 exactly. for that. So, you know, there's that, um, new pick guard, new nut and a full clean and detail and setup. Now it is going to be on a truck in like 20 degree weather. So I can't really vouch for the setup on this thing. Um, well, yeah. And that's a bummer too. Cause you're probably not going to be able to open the case for a while. It, I don't even think it comes. has a case, bro. It's probably going to be wrapped in cellophane. I would hope. Well, then you're just gonna have to leave, leave it in the box yeah, for a day I'm gonna, or two inside. I'm, I'm definitely going to. And, uh, Super secret Gearbuds tip, because uh, I know she doesn't listen. But if I do get it and it plays really nice and fix it up, I'm going to give it to Mandy for her birthday at the end of this oh, month. Oh, so that's cute. I figured if cute. anything, that'd be kind of cute, because then we can play guitar together. Because she can, she she knows a few chords. So. She can strum a couple too. So tree. Don't, don't spoil it out there, Gearbuds fans. I appreciate it. She, she doesn't listen to this. <laughs> she doesn't, and hopefully you guys don't text her about it. But yeah, <laughs> um, so I'm I'm excited about that, you know. But I figured, I dude, I just it's one of those things, man. We talk about this a lot, where you see a good deal for something because it's so cheap, and I don't even know if this is a good deal. This could be a box of wood with that. It could be smashed when it comes. I have no idea. But the point is. I don't want to go down that hole where I should have bought it and then I end up spending more money to buy something that maybe is just as good or isn't just as good. I'm a little scared about buying an acoustic in the winter, you know, in the deep winters mm. of Chicago, but, um, and having it shifted. Dude, it's still stuff. exciting, man. Congratulations. Thank you're you, you're soon, soon to have a new guitar today. That's we'll, we'll be sure one of the to, best uh, days that there is. We'll be sure to post some pictures and, and let you guys know. Uh, plus I've had the itch to just buy something recently and I was like, yeah, right. This is like the price of a, a cheap pedal. So like, yeah, what the hell, you know, we'll it's see. a, it's a whole guitar. It's, it's a whole guitar love it dude that's great well this the next one that i have here isn't actually a deal that i did do it's a deal it's that i had referenced earlier of i backed out mm. um because uh cooler heads prevailed as they say uh, i was i was in the i was in the hunt for one of those sort of um annoying guitarist holy grail pedals uh which is one of pete cornish's uh fuzz pedals uh, pete cornish for those who don't know is the guy behind such pedal boards is the stuff built for um david gilmore i think is where he became cool. most famous and then eventually built f- for every i mean sabbath you name it every pretty much every british act and then all the americans when they would come over he would fix their amps he would build them pedals he he did stuff for hendrix he would re- and then he would build these really custom pedal boards it was right. sort of like a pre pre uncle mace rig doctor sort yeah. of situation where he um but instead of it wasn't it wasn't like where he would build a pedal board he would actually like re take all the effects out of their boxes and then build them into these like custom giant enclosures that like were meant for touring you know it wasn't like a modular thing it would have like all the ones anyways he also is known for making a bunch of pedals and so it was one of those pedals one of his original like a a pete cornish they still make them yeah yeah yeah. they still you can still get them they're all made to order they're super expensive you know your wait times or whatever um and the which model uh, so it was so it was the p2 Mm -hmm. but there are even even knowing that there are still like four versions of the p2 and that that's where the story gets a little sort of complicated so it's for one of those um and another boss pedal that it's called the digital metalizer which is like sort of one of these rare kind of like desirable 80s weird boss pedals um Mm -hmm. it does this it's called the digital metalizer it does not sound like metal at all it's actually an analog overdrive but it has like sort of digital control stuff and then the interesting part about it is that it does this really it has stereo outputs and does all this really cool like stereo double tracking kind of stuff and a pair of dbx 160a compressors which i have been you know looking for a pair of analog compressors to go with my rig and mm-hmm. you know probably won't just get to anyways it was a, it was the deal was coming together nicely but it was for my moog analog delay 
I'm oh, sorry if you can hear I know. lots oh, of noise right now because there's lots of noise happening outside. Uh, I would say our old listeners would know that this is probably, you know, you've been going back and forth, I think, for a long time of if you want to keep or sell that thing. I had it on my board for a while, and I started feeling really mm-hmm. guilty about that and took it off. And then, But here's the thing. Here's why I talked about the sold listings. That pedal, I, I had it in my mind valued around $1,400 right now. And I, you know, I felt that to be pretty fair. And, yeah. and if, and, and if it was still going for that price, I probably would have still done the deal, even though all told it probably the cash was a little bit more in his favor. Either way, it was still had some stuff that I wanted. Um, but then I looked and the last ones are all like the cheapest one for sale right now is like 2,500 bucks. And Whoa. they're the last, they've all been selling for like 1800. So I am, um, you know, I, I, had I not just like quickly done a, a, a check, I would have, probably felt pretty stupid about it when i went and looked and this later, goes back like, to the oh, sold shit. listings the sold listings this is the, what i'm saying about, so right? the sold listings is i went back look and i was like oh shit i almost like and i almost still did it because i was like well it's for some stuff that i want but it wasn't for the reason that i decided not to is it, it, it was not for anything that i need and i had to be really honest with myself about that while i can make a case for needing a pair of compressors or whatever i i don't it was more of a want situation and first for that to like take sort of a hit on what the current value is on something that was how i came to the decision i was like right. all right value is different and i don't need it i want i want this ah, stuff it was kind yes. of like vanity stuff but i did not need it i've dude honestly i've never even played a pete cornish pedal that's how they are like Ooh. you don't they you never see them around yeah. they, the wait times or whatever they're super stupid prohibitively expensive so it's kind of like that's, this would be fun. It's a scary thing. I don't even know if, if I'd like it. it honestly, out. I don't yeah. know if I, I don't know if it would work for. And then what you're I like, shit. Now I don't have. Now I don't have my uh, my pedal that my I love so much. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, so I backed out. I feel I felt a little sad about it, and I think that the person that I was dealing with was per- perhaps a little irked that I backed out. But um, so was it like you were going to do the deal, and then you're like, hey man, I just found out this is worth like way more than I thought. You know, More or less. I was just like, yeah, honestly, I was like, I, I happened to, I, I just felt, I was like, I don't feel like, you know, the more that I think about it and the more, I don't feel like the deal is as even as I would like it to be. And I'm going to have to back out. So I apologize. And they did not respond. Um, yeah, they were pissed. <laughs> so I, you know, I'd be, but I, and, and, and it's probably because they knew exactly what I learned, which is that they were going to be getting an excellent yep. deal on this situation. And, um, perhaps, and, and so the other wrinkle is that again, they had two versions of the pedal and, and the one that's more valuable is like the large box version, okay. which also makes it much less useful because it takes yep. up way more space on a right. pedal board. And when I say large box, I'm talking like bigger than any pedal on your pedal board. It's oh, like probably really? as big as the synth pedal that you have. Oh God. It's so oh, it's fucking wide? big. It's it's but it's but you I mean yeah either way you could orient it either way it's more like tall yeah you could but you know you flip it sideways uh and and not this but in the other version that which is the no battery version is also a pretty big pedal it's about you know it's definitely bigger it's probably like two boss pedals or maybe three boss pedals it's still pretty big itself so it's not like that one's a spring chicken but um, that was kind of the thing I was like well maybe I'd go for the bigger one and then you know I threw that out there and they were not interested in that deal. Uh, so that's when I, I decided that was the value was not there for me. Yeah. Hey, sometimes deals don't work out and it always seems like it's for the best when that happens because something will come along. You know, that's how I feel about it. Well, that's the thing. It's I, you know, I, I get a lot of offers on that and that, and maybe this could be sort of like the, the, the close of the, the app here because I do have one other thing that just sort of like right before press time, right before we went to record was mm-hmm. going down uh, sort of similarly. And I, I, I've mentioned this guy a few times that he's the, the gentleman uh, who I um, got my Ludwig kit from however, oh, yeah. like a year or so ago. Of course. And he just like randomly sends me yeah. texts sometimes. For like drama equipment, uh, right? Or whatever. Usually. Yeah. Uh, so, but today it was just, hey, do you still have your Explorer? And I was just Ooh. like, well, yes, I do. Uh, but that was sort of like, I did, I, I did the thing, man. I did the thing that we always talk about doing and, and then that you shouldn't do it. And what? that is, I went and picked up my Explorer and decided oh. to play it for a little while. Dude, and it's like when like, you, it's like when you have a haircut day. scheduled and then you have an awesome hair day that day and you're oh, like, I can't exactly. go get my haircut now. Um, but then the next day it looks like crap. No, I, uh, so wait, what does he, does he want to trade or does he want to buy a cash? Well, he, he's, I, he, he wants to trade the dude. He is a no cash kind of, kind of deal kind of guy, which is why I usually respond to his text. You prefer the trades. I think I prefer the trade, but it's, it's again, it's going back to what we're talking about. It's this need thing. So he was talking like, I, he's like, so what are you looking for right now? I was like, well, uh, you know, obviously most stuff I'm open to, but specifically vintage four by 12 cab high-end recording equipment and snare drums 
Okay. And I knew that the snare drums would be something that would interest him. He's like, I've got this one. And he knows what the value of that Explorer is. He's oh, yeah. So he's right. like, well, I've got this one. It's a prototype and blah, blah, blah. It's worth 1500 And then I've got a couple other ones. Which ones are you looking for? I was like, well, a Black Beauty or an Acrylite, probably Super 400, whatever. Like mm-hmm. the, the standards of drum snares. What uh, snare, snare do you drums. have right now, by the way? Because I don't think I asked you that. It's a, a 70s Ludwig standard, it's called. It's, oh, yeah. the, it's the one that came with the, okay. the kit. It's probably still pretty uh, which cool. Is a cool. Which is a cool snare, but I want uh, something deeper, uh, mm-hmm. like the Black Beauty is. Um, or possibly a wood snare, um, something, you know, different material. Either way, not a, what I told him, I was like, you know, not I'm not looking for a 2300, what, a, a snare of the same value to my Explorer. You know what I mean? Like I would, I would do like a $500 snare or something, but I'm not looking for a $2,000 snare. That's just not something I need. Um, but he's like, well, I've got this $1,500 one, a couple other ones. I was like, yeah, you know, thanks, but I think we'll just, you know. See, yeah. see what happens in the future but regardless either way what happened was i played that guitar again i was just like this thing damn it rules. i don't want to <laughs> get i don't it, dude it's just it's everything it is the explorer it's the one that i would want yeah 10 years ago or yep. 20 years from now i'm gonna want that one ah, so it's like it's tough man shit because yeah. i don't the problem and we've talked about it time and time again is that it's just such a pain in the ass to move around yeah, i don't ever bring it to the space because the there case, are is, i don't the case is a fucking it's the size of this art table i'm sitting at it's right big now. it won't it's fit huge. in most back seats yeah right exactly it would not fit in my acura for sure yeah there's no way you well if you and if you did no you wouldn't be able to certainly wouldn't be able to have another person in the backseat yeah. let alone like other gear anyways yeah, right, right. it's it's just like it's it's such a bummer because I love that guitar so much so I guess maybe the answer is that I need to just like play it at home more somehow or something like make that my my like home recording guitar which is a ridiculous thing to do with a vintage explorer but like well I, think, I don't know I just love it it just see, does a different thing and you know what dude I've got to be four I'm sorry to, to no, I know no, you're no. gonna say something and, and put a pin in it because I want to come back to it yeah I have to say. And I know that this will appeal to you too. One of the things I love about it so much is it's so light. Yes, you pick it up and it and it does not feel as heavy. as It you looks think like that it should literally feel. weigh twenty two pounds. Yeah, like it is so big. And you pick it up and it is way lighter than my yeah. last ball. Yeah, that's. I mean, yeah, I played it too, man. And that and yeah. it, you know what? It has that cool wear on it. It's got the greening from like oh. when the nitro turned yellow. Like it's really that guitar has been played and toured a lot. Have you? And it have has you ever the original? Uh, screen, the, it still has the the original pickups. The, have you uh, ever brought it to fingers. your space ever? I brought it to your space when I was that's in right. there once, but I've. I never guess it did fit in my backseat it. then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Exactly. Um, I've never. Or you know what? I was thinking about. I was wondering about that, and I think that we actually just. I just brought it without the case. I think I just put it in your backseat. Yeah, like, yeah, without I think the case, so, in man. It. It's quite because possible. I didn't want to carry that shit, but I'm not about to do that. When Have you thought about just like leaving it at your space and playing it really loud through the Balthy or like you know something like of that? Of course, yeah. uh, but I don't. Because you know, I only, I only, I only, I only leave the space base there. Oh uh, uh, yeah. So um, I, you know, it's weird. I'm not in. A, I I can't. I that's a that's an, an a whole other topic. I just don't. It would probably be better to have more of my instruments over at the space, but because I I don't I just like to have them at home with yeah. me. I don't I'm know why way, it's so weird, man. It's so there. weird. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm fine with all the amps and all the recording yep. gear yep. and drums and synths and all that shit that's there. Guitars is all, different. Most yeah. of my stuff is there, but for some reason, my guitars I just want to have those at home most of the time. I know, man. I hear that. Yeah, that's a tough one, man. Because that was my only suggestion: is like bring it to the space, you know, crank it up through your amps that you're so used to hearing four days a week and just be like, you know, either fall in love with it again or be like, all right, maybe it is time to, to, to sell this thing. But like you said, you played it today and it just plays awesome. So I played it today. And now what I, the first test I did was I just sat down unplugged Yeah, and that's always, that's always Resonant. my test for a guitar. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, I had fun playing an unplugged electric guitar. I was like, mm, okay. Yep. And then I turned the Kemper on, plugged that thing. And I was just like, mm, oh. yeah. well, I guess I guess it'll it'll so, stay. I should probably take that off the list, but <laughs> well, you it's, know, you know I, I think leave it on because people will definitely, you know, it's kind of like you never know what might pop up, you know. So another, unless it's another Explorer, or maybe a Flying V, I want to be hard. It's gonna be hard pressed to do because I God, I, I you know like I'm the V's, pick it up. Huh? I'm gonna I'm gonna pick it up. Well, I'm on this quest to have every Gibson all, ever made, right? All, not every Gibson ever One made, but the the seven or eight that I find that are like interesting. Models. Yeah, Les it. Paul. Let's see if we can just quickly run through those real fast, uh-huh. uh, and then we'll we'll get out of here. Les Paul got that. Mm-hmm. SG got that. Explorer got that. So that, oh, 335, 335 got that. Yep. Um, so that leaves uh, Firebird, mm-hmm. V, and then I, you know, you to fill the last gap or two, I would say probably a junior. 
Yeah, um, yeah, would be the thing. An old junior, uh, yeah, and of course. Really cool. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I mean, all of these I want to be old, except for the SG because I bought that new and have put all the wear and stuff mm-hmm. on it myself, and yeah. I just am obsessed with that guitar. I would consider having another SG, but when I say and when I say junior, I want a single cut junior. Yes, I, the double cuts are cool, but I want nope, a single. I cut. I know exactly which one you want. Single yep. pickup, fifty six or fifty seven. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and and probably with the vintage sunburst, I think is my favorite on. There's those. a really TV, TV yellow is fucking dope too. Don't get me wrong, and I would not kick that out bed but um, I there's a th- really I awesome burst. one totally beat up completely played through the back and front uh single cut yellow sunburst and it's uh it's seven thousand dollars you know so just they've gotten up there. there if that's yeah, a thing they, yeah they it's, cheap, th- for me the, the the dream would be just to get a, a body you know and, and by the way that's, and then i could put electronics in because that me, other i can't afford those now They're a just whole other side range. of it is too it's like you know you can love a a, a les paul jr but it does what it does and it does it really great, but it kind of only mm-hmm. does the one thing that you want it to oh, do. Oh yeah. You know, so for that much money, you know, you want something a little more versatile. I would think anyways, I would. Well, know. that's the thing. I mean, that's this whole like quest to have all my favorite Gibsons is so weird and vain, but you can't argue that they do slightly ish different things. So, mm-hmm. you know, either way, that's been a heck of a so dude. dude uh, you know what so. I was thinking about? Yeah. I, I, I was, I was going to say, I feel like um, we've, we've sort of, we've kind of, batted around a couple ways to close this this dang show and we still haven't <laughs> ever come up with a good closer so um, i just want to try this one i would like to yeah, i mean you know we can say our goodbyes and whatever to mm-hmm. each other but i just feel like i've got a i've got a thing i'd like to i'd like to close with here Please. so i just want to say happy to do this happy to do this with you bud and uh you know anybody listen to this go make some music go make some music